If you're a founder, you know that fundraising is a big part of the job. What you might not know is that Carta is there to help. Carta's new fundraising suite provides startups of all stages the best tools and support to easily issue safes, accurately forecast solution, and quickly close funding rounds. Save time, money, and make your next round your best yet. To learn more or to get started, go to carta.com forward slash fundraise. That's carta.com forward slash fundraise. Welcome to Inc.'s The Founders Project with Alexa Von Tobel. I'm Alexa, the founder of LearnVest, author of New York Times bestselling book, Financially Fearless, and second book, Financially Forward. I'm also the founder and managing partner of Inspired Capital, a venture firm focused on the entrepreneurs of the future. Each week, we sit down with a top founder to share their story of guts, inspiration, and drive. Hi, everybody. I'm your host, Alexa Von Tobel. And this week, I'm excited for you to meet Vigilio Bento, the founder and CEO of Sword Health, the company freeing the world from pain. After his brother suffered an accident and was unable to access intensive physical therapy that he needed to recover, V realized there simply had to be a better way. During his PhD in electrical engineering, V invented the very first digital therapist, which used motion tracking technology to deliver physical therapy programs to patients in their homes. In 2015, he founded Sword Health to bring this revolutionary therapy to patients around the world. Since its founding, Sword Health has helped thousands of people recover from surgery and manage chronic pain from home. Sword's digital therapist is proven to outperform traditional physical therapy and reduces surgery by over 60%. V holds almost 20 patents and has authored more than 40 research papers in fields as diverse as sensor fusion algorithms, motion tracking systems, and neuroplasticity. He's devoted his career to bringing positive change to healthcare and using technology to improve patient experience and outcomes. And with that, let's welcome V. Let's go to the beginning. Let's talk about Sword Health. Give us the aha moment. Give us the reason why. Walk us through that early chapter. Yeah, so actually I started building Sword a little bit before that because I did my PhD in electrical engineering and I focused my PhD on really developing the technology behind what Sword is right now. And the reason why I focused my PhD on fixing how we recover people from pain, how we recover the physical health of patients, was because I felt very vividly when I was a young boy, the challenges that families face when they have to recover a loved one. And I saw that with my brother and the challenges that my parents faced, and that stuck with me. So when I did my PhD, I did my PhD because I really wanted to solve this problem from a technological standpoint. And then after I finished my PhD, then we launched SWORD and then we focus on building this technology and bringing this technology to market. So let's go back a little bit to your aha moment. I know a lot of your passion and commitment to building SWORD is really because of your brother. So 25 years ago, my brother had a car accident. And after that, he was roughly 12 months in a coma. And when he woke up from his coma, he was in need of high-intensity, high-quality rehabilitation services. And by then, I saw very vividly the challenges that my parents faced to deliver that kind of therapy to my brother. And that stuck with me because we created such amazing technologies in so many different dimensions of our existence 
But when it comes down to this big human problem, which is how we treat physical pain, we are pretty much doing the same thing for the last 50 years. And I saw that very vividly with my brother after his car accident. And that was my aha moment, which is we need a better solution and we need a different solution. And for me, I always love technology and I always understood how technology can really fix problems in a scalable way. And then I looked at the field of pain and we pretty much were doing everything without any kind of technological impact. And so that's why I really focus on understanding how technology, how AI could really change how we treat pain and really fix this problem once for all. SWORD focuses on musculoskeletal conditions, MSK. What are the barriers to receiving high-quality care, and what did you really set out to solve? So we focus on physical pain, and within physical pain, musculoskeletal conditions are the biggest source of pain in the world, and so that's where we started. And now we already evolved and expanded to really uh, also tackle other conditions that trigger pain. But the thing is, if you have low back pain, if you have shoulder pain, If you have neck pain, right, everyone knows someone that has pain, right? It's estimated that 55, 050 million Americans have pain every single day, right? And on top of that, 90 million Americans have pain at least once per year. So either every single day or once per year, 140 million Americans have pain. And worldwide, we are talking about roughly 2 billion people. There are basically three ways right now before SWORD to find a kind of a solution. Accessing high-quality, high-intensity physical therapy. But the problem is no one is able to fit that appointment in that PT clinic two weeks from now, driving across town back and forth, finding time in your schedule with work, with kids, right? And what happens is you do that once, You do that twice, and then you just drop out. But the problem is that you fail to adhere and to comply with the solution, which should be high-quality, high-intensity physical therapy, but you still have a problem. You still have pain. And what you do next is you try to find a silver bullet in the form of surgeries or a silver bullet in the form of opioids, and then we get to this big financial and human problem with physical pain and how we treat musculoskeletal conditions, and that's really the problem that we are solving, is really how can we fix people without having this massive financial problem and really eliminating this human problem connected with painkillers and opioids, and that's basically where we are focused. One thing that's so impressive about SWORD is the idea of delivering a personalized pain care plan at scale. So let's talk a little bit about how the technology helps achieve that. Pretend I'm your patient, I'm your customer. Walk me through it. First, let me tell you the solution, as we discussed, should be high-quality, high-intensity physical therapy, right? So what this means is you should have three, four sessions per week with a human physical therapist next to you every single week for three four months, right? Of course, no one is able to access this kind of therapy and this kind of intensity. First, because it's very costly, and also because there are not enough human PTs for all the people that have pain. Uh, What we created was basically a solution that focused on what we call our digital therapist, which is an AI solution that basically replicates the human physical therapist and allows you to do your sessions 
independently at home. And with that, you can really access a high quality therapy with the same level of patient experience as if you were in a PT clinic, but you do that using an AI solution, using our digital therapist. And to that model, we remove all barriers in terms of access to care. As an example, we have patients doing their sessions in Bora Bora, right? And sending us pictures of that. That really solves the problem because the big problem is no one is able to comply with a high-quality, high-intensity physical therapy program. And our solution, our AI digital therapists are basically infinitely scalable. And because of that, everyone can access them at home and when they want it. And so what you do if you are a patient, you basically go to our screening process where we evaluate what's the best program for you. And then you schedule a call with one member of my clinical team. And in that call, we focus on really understanding all the nuances of, that you have as a patient. Also focus on providing the human touch, which is very, very important. You receive at home a kit, which is basically a digital therapist, which is a tablet that is able to, one, analyze your motion as you perform the exercises, the therapeutic exercises, analyze those movements with clinical precision, and then provide feedback to you, just like if you are in a PT clinic, in a face-to-face -face session with a human therapist. And then every single day you do your sessions, all the information goes to the cloud where our AI system recommends the human PT changes to your program. What this means is that, as an example, would be, hey, Alex, I just saw that you did your session perfectly today. Last week was a little bit challenging in the last two sessions, but this one was really, really good. So I changed your session tomorrow with your digital therapist, and I've made it a little bit more challenging, but I think you're going to excel. And with that, you really have two amazing engagement loops. First, the convenience in terms of access to care delivered by technology. The second engagement loop is the human touch delivered by our clinical team. So that's why we don't say that we build AI therapies. We say that we build AI plus human therapies. Talk a little bit about what you've learned about go-to-market and where in 2015, when you were really standing up the company, what was the business model and where did it evolve to? At 2015, we had no idea what the business model would look like. We were just focused on developing a solution, right? So we were focused a little bit like researchers, focused on how to solve this problem. And then we hope that after we solve this problem, we will have a market for it. The focus was really about how can we develop the technology to solve these problems in this field? Does the technology work? What's the clinical validation? It was really focused on the fundamentals. As an example, the first commercial person that we hired was in late 2019. And then the good thing was that we were somewhat lucky of launching in January 2020 and immediately get a massive market traction because what we develop really fits nicely in the trifecta of what the future of the healthcare world should look like, which is high levels of patient experience, which means patients are recovering at home with high levels of convenience when they want, very comfortable, high levels of clinical outcomes. And third, and equally important, massive reductions in the system. Because what happens is when a client launches toward our new way of treating pain in the population, 
what they get is they see a massive reduction in the number of surgeries, in the number of injections, in the number of opioids, and all of that wasteful and very costly starts disappearing. We are able to contractually guarantee to clients when we sign an agreement to them that for each $1 that they spend with SWORD, we save them $2 in healthcare costs. One part of your solution that I think is so interesting is you have a hardware piece of the puzzle Mm -hmm. using sensor technology to deliver feedback on patients. What role does that technology play in your success? It's definitely more complex, that's for sure. We clearly defined the gold standard of care is the human physical therapist. So what's proven to work is for me as a PT to tell you, hey, do this set of therapeutic exercises. And then based on my analysis of your movement, I will provide feedback to you. So really look at all the variables in your movement and provide feedback to you so that you have a perfect physical movement, which will lead to a perfect physical recovery. And you will be without pain because of it. And so our focus was on that first part, which was the analysis of movement. We knew that we had to develop a way to not only able to understand the movement and digitize the movement that the patient just did, but do that with clinical precision, which is much more complex. It took us five years to get to the market. For my PhD to to the year that we got to the market was because we had to solve several open problems in this technical space. Today, we have 31 patents on top of our technology because that was really the big challenge. And if you ask me, Why only now and not 10 years ago? And it's really because from a technical standpoint, it's very complex. Doing hardware at scale in healthcare, it becomes, again, it's layers on top of layers of complexity. You need to have a supply chain. You need to comply with the FDA. You need to comply with all the regulatory frameworks. And so it's very, very complex. But usually what I also denote to our team is that this wall, which is all this complexity, when you are able to overcome it, is also a wall against your competitors. Is the answer to solving musculoskeletal pain is simply see a good physical therapist and do the exercises necessary to strengthen and rehabilitate that part of your body and be very compliant and vigilant about making sure you do it to get to a point where you are healed? Is it as simple as that? The most simplistic answer and the most simple answer that I can give you, the solution to pain is movement. When you have pain, your first instinct is to stop moving, which is completely human, but that's only going to make your pain worse and worse. And then you move less and less, which gets you in this vicious cycle. So the solution is for you to move and move well. That's why it's so important for you to have guidance in terms of how you do your movement. And that's why we evolved from a single solution to a platform of multiple solutions, because after we make sure that you are free of pain after you go into our digital physical therapy program. We then have a new solution, which is MOVED, which focuses on making sure that you keep exercising, you keep moving, you can keep taking care of your physical health so you don't have pain anymore in your life. And so in a very simple, plain English, the solution to pain is for you to move and move well. What does the future look like? What are you optimistic about over the next five to 10 years of what you can see that's very cutting edge with pain management that's coming that we can all look forward to? 
So of course I'm biased, but I think we are that solution. And what we are seeing is that what I think it's very important is that everyone in the market right now understands that we have a problem with pain and we need a better solution. And what we are seeing now is that when you replace all of those wasteful surgeries that don't improve the condition of the patient, when you replace all of those opioids and those painkillers with a solution like SWORD, a solution that focuses on without surgeries, without pills, is able to get you to move and move well, and therefore you will be free of pain, people are exponentially increasing way, recognizing that this is the solution. And our goal in 10, 15 years is to go from now you have pain and your first immediate reaction is, let me get a pill, let me get a painkiller or an opioid, or let me see an orthopedic surgeon. To go from there to my first course of action is to enroll in SWORD because I know that's the solution to my pain problem. And of course, that's not going to happen overnight, but I deeply believe that that's the solution to pain. And with that, Alexa, really get to something which for us is very, very important. We've been talking about pain management, and I don't think people realize how ironic that is, that we call the clinical field of pain, pain management right now. When you talk about cancer, you don't talk about cancer management. You talk about cancer treatment. But for some reason, when it comes to pain, we've been okay. Actually, the official name is calling it pain management. And that tells us a lot because we failed in such a massive way to find a way to treat pain that now in terms of all the science and the clinical world is focused on making sure that you are able to cope and live and manage your pain. And so that's really the change that we want to bring is really focus on changing from pain management to being free of pain pain treatment, and not only being free of pain, but staying free of pain. That's why we need multiple solutions and not just one single tool to treat pain, because otherwise, then you get into this roller coaster where you are free of pain, you get into the old ways of doing things, you get pain, and then you need treatment. So our focus is really to make sure that we treat your pain, and then we make sure that you are free of pain forever. And we'll be right back after a message from our sponsors. Alexa here. Not only do I get the opportunity to speak with all types of founders on, for starters, but I'm a repeat founder myself. We all know how vital fundraising is to a startup. Carta knows this too. That's why they had founders in mind when they created their fundraising suite, providing tools and support to take the friction out of fundraising. They save founders time and money, allowing you to focus on your goals, not the admin work needed to close around. From simply issuing safes to quickly receiving funds, Carta Fundraising Suite helps their cap table customers raise a better fundraising round. To learn more or to get started, go to carta.com forward slash fundraise. That's carta.com forward slash fundraise. V, I want to transition a little bit to you. You grew up in Portugal. Is there something your parents did that in the rearview mirror really contributed to your comfort taking this risk? Was it clear that you were always comfortable with risk? Funny enough, the Portuguese culture is a very risk-averse culture. Traditionally, my parents are also risk-averse. I think all parents are risk-averse regarding their kids, but even more in Portugal, even more in Europe. I think I was always very curious, 
And my parents always enable, always allowed me to really follow my curiosity, whatever it takes. And I think that was very, very important because if we look at SWORD, it really comes down to my curiosity of finding a different way in terms of how we do things. My parents always enabled me and almost powered my curiosity to find what I wanted to do, to find how things worked. That enables me to do what I'm doing now. Even now, it really comes down to how we solve this problem in a different way. And if you are not curious, you will always try to follow what's being done. And if you do that, then there's no success to be had because you are just doing the same thing all over again. So I think curiosity is a very important piece. And I think that's a gift that my parents gave me. I want to talk a little bit about the transition from PhD to entrepreneur. What about the rigor of a PhD to then the rigor of being a CEO? And there's probably some similarities and differences. Talk us a little bit about that transition and how that's been personally for you. It was, I would say, extremely challenging um, because when you are doing a PhD, it's all about precision, it's all about the scientific method. And then there's a pragmatic nature of being a CEO that if you are always so idealistic about how you do things, you're going to get stuck and get nothing done. It took me way too much time to travel that transition from a PhD to a CEO, but eventually I got there. You hold, literally, call it almost two dozen plus patents, and I'm sure many more are coming. I think it's 16 and counting. Give us a sense of that inventor in you. I think it comes down to you think in terms of systems. Whatever the technology is, it fits within a system. And so I always think from first principles, what's the best solution to this problem? And, and really understanding what's the problem, first getting the diagnostic done, what's missing, and then really have extensive set of tools to really understand which tools solve this problem and how do I need to change this tool to creatively solve this problem. So what's implied there, again, it comes down to that curiosity. What's the problem and why do we have a problem here? That's the first step, being curious about the problem. And then second, always be learning new tools, new technologies, new approaches. For me, creativity is about connecting the dots. First and foremost, you need to have the dots in order to be able to connect them. And so that's why I'm always educating myself on new technologies, getting those new dots in the system, because the more I read, the more I learn, the more I educate myself, that will allow me to then educate, connect the dots and find a solution in a very orthogonal way to a problem that exists. And that's what innovation is. And that's, again, right now I think we have 31 patents. I honestly don't know how many of those are in my name, probably 20 or something like that. I learned about something in a completely different field. And for me, that was always like the fun way of doing things. You've said before that self-confidence is incredibly important as a founder. How do you build confidence? How, How do you build it? How do you keep it? How do you maintain it? The best answer that I have for that, you are somewhat born with it. I think all of the stuff that you do afterwards validate your belief and your confidence, but I think you start with that confidence because that confidence is what going to make you solve the problem in the first place. If you as a CEO don't believe, then no one will. Amen. Investors won't believe, uh, your employees won't believe. And so when you lose faith, you just need to check out because that's that. Honestly, you really need to believe, not fake it. That's the type of stuff that you cannot fake. And the more you win, the more you solve problems, 
the higher your belief. If I look back 10 years ago, I always started believing in myself and believing that I could do this. You've shared that one big part of your philosophy on life is to really maintain that chip on your shoulder. Yes. Tell us about that drive and hustle. Where does it come from? And tell us more about the philosophy of maintaining a chip on your shoulder. It's getting rejected. If you don't get rejected, I can assure you that you don't have a chip on your shoulder. I believe that getting rejected, it's very healthy, at least for us to be successful. I was born in Portugal without pedigree, without knowing anyone that could make an introduction. My first investment ticket was $150,000 in our first year. In our second year, my second investment was $250,000. And in my third year, my third investment was $400,000. For four years, no one really believed in us. And even our Series A, I started raising my Series A in Europe. Everyone told me no. And then I shoot a cold email out of the blue to Cosler Ventures. And they believed in us, in the technology, in the clinical validation, and in the team. And they invested. And so all of those rejections, and still to this day, because I know that I don't fit a beautiful frame of what a CEO should be. And so when people tell me no, and today we still have people saying no, and that's okay. I always think about that quote from Muhammad Ali, which is like, I will show you how great I am. And that's the ship on our shoulder. Sometimes when I don't feel like working that hard, I always like, nope, I still remember all of those rejections that got us here. And I will work as hard as yesterday because I think that chip on your shoulder, it's very, very important. Everyone at SWORD, it's actually part of our culture. We have that chip on our shoulder and it's very healthy to be rejected. Last question, building a company is stressful. How have you learned to adapt through that? Tell us some of your tricks or philosophies on managing through the emotions of the hard part. So I do two things to take care of my, well, three things uh, to take care of my mental health. I lift heavy weights, I do jujitsu, and I spend time with my kids. I do those three things in a day. I'm completely okay. I have zero problems with stress. If I start missing on one of those three things, I obviously see an impact in my mental health. But as long as I do those three things, independently of the problems that I have, I'm good. I want to move to the quick fire round here, V, and just answer with the first thing that comes to mind. What gets you out of bed every day? It's the chip on my shoulder. What is your favorite interview question to figure out if you want to work with someone? What's the biggest misconception that people have of you? V, what's the biggest misconception that people have of you? I'm too cold sometimes. And I think that's that's absolutely not true. I care. I care a lot. But I think leadership has a price. And sometimes that misconception is the price to pay. What's a quote you live by? A mantra, a quote, something that you've read that just really resonates in your soul all the time. This is a quote from Steve Martin, the comedian in his biography, which he says that secret to life, which I deeply believe is be so good that you cannot be ignored. If you look at me, if you look at SWORD, starting in Portugal, middle of nowhere, and now being one of the fastest coin companies in the world, was because we were so good that we couldn't be ignored. So that's my favorite quote. What is your biggest pinch me moment to date at SWORD? We send the kit to our patients, right? And after patients get treated, they send the kit back with the technology for us to refurbish, right? Our patients, dozens and dozens of patients, write love letters that they put in the kit in the kit for us to read when we open the kit. And no one asked our patients to do that. They do that because they feel so much joy, so much love to be free of pain 
Then they want to show their gratitude. And so they write these love letters when we have dozens and dozens of these love letters in the office. And that's like, okay, this is incredible. That actually is a pinch me moment. That's like every time that happens is amazing. Last question, your favorite book, a book that's had a material impact on your life. I have many, many. It's like picking your favorite kid, which is uh, challenging. It's uh, the biography from Feynman. Surely you're joking, Mr. Feynman. And because then you see what's genius at play. I read it when I was doing my engineering degree. And it's like, yeah, that's a life well lived. I love that. There's something so romantic about the way you think, V, that I can tell is there's an idealism that's deep inside you, which is 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 special. First of all, V, thank you so much on behalf of people that, you know, I know many people that have pain. I'm so grateful for what you're doing for society. Everybody out there, if you want to learn more, please check out swordhealth.com. If you are in pain, check out swordhealth.com. And you can join us next week for Ink the Founders Project with Alexa Von Tobel. V, we're rooting for you. Thank, thank you. you so much. You are a very special person and it's an honor to have you today. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It was super cool to be here. Thank you, Alexa. 